All right, welcome back to the program. This is the Gospel for Life. Real quick, if you haven't registered for our upcoming Reformation Boise conference, just go to reformationboise.com. Uh, it's for free. Um, the theme this year is The Church. We have Dr. Joel Beakey, Dr. Derek Thomas. We'd love to have you come. Reformationboise.com. Around the table today, uh, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring, Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale, and we do have a special guest host today, Emily Bateman. Um, she is with the Salter Project. Emily, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why are you on our program today? <laughs> Thanks. Um, yes, I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I am uh, the co-founder and director of Salter Project, as you mentioned, and we are releasing a new album this summer called Bitter Herbs, um, all tra uh, faithful translations of the Psalms set to original music, and we will be not only releasing an album, but having a couple of concerts this summer. Now, real quick, um, there's, your dad is a pastor of an RP... Yes, Reformed Presbyterian Church in North America. Okay, now we've had Ryan Hemphill on here before, and he's mm -hmm. with Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. He's in the same denomination. Yes, that's okay. correct. All right. Yeah. And my brother Derek also actually is a pastor in the RP Church. Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. Emily's dad was a, a chaplain with the RPCNA. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have Emily's sister in your church. Yeah. And Emily yep. is at Dayspring, and we're just happy that. Um, we have this fellowship together that um, we have the same interest that we want to promote uh, psalms and the singing of psalms together. So you have a concert coming up. Um, they can find all the information at salterproject.com. That's Pasalter, right? Yes. P-S-A-L-T-E-R, pasalterproject.com. That's right. Two concerts, June 24th at Cloverdale and then June, July 16th at Kleiner Park. Um, it'll be a wonderful, super great event. Hopefully, hopefully multiple churches will be participating. Let's talk about the Psalms. Uh, that's what we began talking about yesterday. We kind of covered why should we study the Psalms, what's the structure of the Psalms, and how can the Psalms be used as a devotional um, book. Um, let, let's start here. What are the main themes found in the book of Psalms? I, I wouldn't necessarily say that this is in any particular order, but clearly the main character the main object of attention for the Psalms is God himself. Start to finish, you, you have a book that exalts the work of God, um, the wonder of God, the person of God. And so throughout, you'll find all of this, the, the Psalter directing our attention to God in various ways, um, highlighting different aspects of, of who he is, his character, his attributes. Um, using different imagery to try to capture, you know, the essence of, of who God is. And even the emotional life of God. We read in the Psalms, perhaps more descriptively than any other place where when we're reading narrative, a lot of the times we just hear, and this happened. But in the Psalms we hear, and God was angry with his people because, you know, the land was polluted with blood. Mm -hmm. And and God blessed his people, you know, and God rejoices over his people. Yeah, so, so there's a God-centeredness as this first theme in the book of Psalms. Um, C.S. Lewis, when he be became a Christian, he said one of the stumbling blocks about the Bible, and, and especially the book of Psalms, is uh, God's incessant desire to praise me everywhere. He says, praise me, glorify me, sing songs to me, clap your hands to me, lift your hands 
lift your hands up to me. And and Lewis um, thought that that was a stumbling block because it seemed so you know e- egocentric, as it were. But what Lewis discovered was that in the process of us worshiping God, um, that's when God communicates Himself to us in praise and in worship of God. God gives Himself to the worshiper, um, and, and so. It, it, it's it it meets both the um, the chief end for which God created the world, namely His own glory, and the chief end of man in in one. J. B. Phillips had written that little book, "Your God Is Too Small," and one of the things that we get when we read the Psalms is we get a, a grasp of the wonder and majesty uh, of God and the character of God. You know, you can go through that. You know, as Emily was talking about. You know, seeing some of the emotion, you see the attributes of God um, on display uh, throughout the Book of Psalms. You know, His justice, His mercy, His love, His ki- His loving kindness. Uh, those attributes of God, His omniscience and His power, are all on display through the Book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that um, Mark Buchanan would write a book later. Um, Playing off of that, playing off of uh, C.S. Lewis or J.B. Phillips, J.B. Phillips. He's playing off J.B. Phillips. He's playing off um, C.S. Lewis and wrote a book called "Your God Is Too Safe," mm-hmm. as opposed to "Your God Is Too Small." Yes, which is one the one Phillips wrote. And and I think if you truly read the Book of Psalms, you'll realize your God is yeah. too safe. That God is is a there's an immensity and a terror side of God. Correctly understood. So, so you're, the playoff of the C.S. Lewis is, you know, he's good, but he's not safe. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. And you, there are certain psalms that, if you as you read them, you realize, wow, yeah, God. In I mean, you you come to Psalm ninety seven, and, and you have very creation um, shaking in the mm-hmm. presence of God, mountains melting mm-hmm. like wax because God is in in their midst. Yeah. And I think we've we've diminished God. Mm-hmm. We've made Him safe. We've made Him small. And the Psalms don't allow you to do that. Yeah, that <laughs> they give you a balance. Um, you know, a lot of our so so we're we're talking a little bit about singing Psalms, obviously. But I think a lot of our contemporary um, music today is so focused on my emotions, my affections, my experience that it becomes very consumer driven. Psalm the Psalms force you to um, cover the whole gamut of of reality of the universe and there are there are lines in there that are very difficult especially like psalm 137 where it talks about um crushing the enemy's babies against the rocks and and you read that and you're like what the heck is going on well that's 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 in the psalms that's actually one of the psalms on our new album bitter herbs so we'll be singing it this summer i'd be interested to hear how you (laughs) pull that off but what's interesting (laughs) is that as you have this God of, of awesome wonder, of majesty, of power, of might, and, and justice, you also have in the Psalms a God that is tender yeah. and loving and gracious. He's and the kind. shepherd. He leads yes. us beside still waters. So you, you, you get this spectrum that, that allows you to see God in all of his incredible diversity. Yeah. But it's not different attributes. Yeah, they're all him. Yeah, all the time. I think that I guess I guess that's the other thing I would say that the Psalms provide a corrective for. So we're talking about God being the main theme. When the Psalms talk about God, it, it shows you all the different attributes of God as opposed to just His love or 
just his mercy. It shows his fierce judgments. It shows his his righteousness. It shows his white hot holiness. And so it forces you to look at the whole of God and not just focus on one part. Mm-hmm. Okay, so another theme in the book of Psalms is man. Uh, mm-hmm. Twice it's asked in Psalm 8 verse 4 and Psalm 144 verse 3, what is Man, what is man that you're mindful of him? Why, why would God even pay attention to you? Right. So on the one hand, you have this God-centeredness of God, the majesty of God, the supremacy of God. On the other hand, you have this the the neediness of man, Mm -hmm. uh, the the unworthiness of man that God would enter into relationship with this man. Very often, all of Scripture does that. In fact, when we study Scripture, we're asking ourselves, what does this say about God? What does this say about me? But you you can truly get a picture of that, you know, reading the Psalms. Uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, it's been suggested that you could maybe take five of the Psalms a, a day and read them, and you would go through the Psalms in a month. But you also are going through your own life in doing that. You're, you're seeing yourself in the light of God's glory. You're seeing yourself in, uh, you know, the depth of your sin. Um, you know, you, so everything that you read there is in contrast to who God is and, you know, what you are. Mm-hmm. If I can just do a quick plug, um, if you're struggling with well, what should I do for a devotional, you know, study, I would strongly encourage you to, to go out and purchase a, a Psalm journal Bible um, and, just go through and mark up that journal Bible with what is this, just exactly what Jonathan just said. Each each psalm, just go through and say, what am I learning about God in this psalm? What am I learning about me? Um, and if, if you just do that through the entire psalms, I, I can guarantee you that you will be edified, that you would be strengthened, that you would be blessed um, by that study. Mm-hmm. Amen. Maybe one more thing on man here. Um, in our particular culture, there seems to be a, a greater and greater um, obscuring of, of, of wickedness and righteousness, um, and especially in terms of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. The Psalms don't let you do that. I mean, right off from the very beginning, blessed is the man who walks in, not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And then he goes to talk about the benefits of belonging to God, and then he turns to the wicked, who he calls chaff that the wind drives away, that the, that God will punish on, on the day of judgment, that they will not stand. And so the Psalms don't let you have this uh, obscure definition of man that well, some men are you know fairly good men and other men are, are bad men. No, it, it's no, these are the righteous, those who belong to Christ, and these are the wicked, those who n- do not belong to Christ. The Psalms are part of the wisdom literature, and this is um, indirectly related because I was going through the book of Proverbs um, and was absolutely astonished as I was trying to categorize some of these Proverbs at how few times the contrast was between the wise and the foolish and how much more often it was between the righteous and the wicked. Mm -hmm. And the Psalms really carry over that theme. It's much less, I mean, yes, it is again, part of the wisdom literature. And of course, it mentions what is wise, what is foolish, but ultimately what it comes down to is what is wicked and what is righteous. That's right. And I think it's just helpful to note those are the only two categories. Right. Mm -hmm. There aren't, Mm -hmm. there isn't a third category. Mm -hmm. And so the book of Psalms is saying you're either righteous and blessed by God or you're wicked. 
and you're under God's curse. Yeah. And as you navigate the I mean, I'm I'm of the opinion that Psalm one and Psalm two provide the the introduction to the entire Psalter and that the entire Psalter is to be read through the lens of Psalm one and two. And the, and Psalm two says, "Kiss the son, lest yep. he be angry with you, yep. and you perish in the way." Mm-hmm. So they all. It's, that's the defining thing. You're either going to connect to God in through Christ, mm-hmm. or you're going to be lost. All right. So on the show today, we do have Emily Bateman. She is the co-founder of the Salter Project. Did I get that right? Yes. And you guys have two concerts coming up. Can you tell us about that as we close? Sure. Uh, our first concert is going to be at Cloverdale, uh, June 24th. Thank you so much, Russ. That's for a Friday us. evening. 3580 yes. North Cloverdale Road. So yes. mark your calendars. Um, and the other one is going to be in Kleiner Park, July 16th. That's a Saturday evening. Um, and for both of those, we're going to be going through our new album, Bitter Herbs. Again, all original music and um, faithful translations of the Psalms. We've got a six-piece band and this is the first time Salter Project has had a live band rehearsing together for several months so I'm one, very, one of our very song leaders is going to be on that so yes John John Shindell he's yeah. your brother-in-law yes he's going to be our lead singer and guitarist and he has I am just so grateful that he has really taken on this project because um he's done a fantastic job yeah. so. so they can find all the information at salterproject.com I was just going to say, as you're marking your calendars, it's June 24th, July 16th for the Salter Project. And as you're marking your calendar, you might as well also mark October 21st and 22nd for Reformation Boise. And you can go to ReformationBoise.com, find all the information there. This has been the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.